Welcome to Side Effects. Effect versus affect. It's hard to know the difference. At McGowan Braybender, our goal is to provoke you to think differently about employee benefits, your employees, and the status quo. That's why it's Side Effects with an A. Join me, Kenzie McEvely, an MB co-host and one of the industry's brightest guests to dive deep into the process of good employee benefits. Let's get started. In today's world, it feels like your entire life is online. Your name, finances, social security number, passport number, credit account number, street address, email address, Facebook status, the list goes on and on. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we've all moved to the digital world to survive. Enter more cases of ID theft, fraudulent sites, and phishing scams which is exactly why we brought on today's guest, Kim Red, a Legal Shield Employee Benefits Specialist. Kim received her professional designation as a Certified Identity Theft Risk Management Specialist in 2006 and is a licensed property and casualty insurance agent. She is the most knowledgeable person to educate us on why fraud protection is so important, especially in today's post-pandemic world. Although Side Effects focuses on employee benefits, Today's topic should be of interest to anyone who doesn't live off the grid. Welcome, Kim, to the show. Hello, Anne-Marie. Welcome to the studio. I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Hey, Kinsey. I'm happy to be here today. Perfect. And we have Kim on the line. How are you today, Kim? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. We're so, so glad you're here. This is a very hot topic right now. Identity theft, in my eyes, when I first think of it, I think of like Law and Order. I think about the crime shows, which are kind of fun, exciting. But in reality, identity theft is awful. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got into the field of at Legal Shield and identity theft, Kim? Oh, my. Several years ago, um, I had an American Express card that never left my possession and someone ran up over $4,000 in one day. Ooh. Now, that is uh, financial identity theft, and we'll talk about the types here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was it was an exhausting process. They were really good about recovering my card and changing it and all. But as you can imagine, it was at the holidays, right, when you're tending to have things hit. And so it was it was shocking because the card never left my possession. Yeah, that's so unbelievable. And um, I, I've known many people over the years that have had that happen. And um, thank goodness that you decided to do something about that, right? And to help educate the rest of the, the world about what that, what that could mean. So if you could, for our listeners, maybe Kim, explain, you know, what ID theft is and the most common types of ID theft. I know you just used one example of financial identity theft, but what else is out there that people should know about? Sure. Basically, identity theft is when someone else gains access to your personal information, whatever that information is, and uses it without your permission. And so financial is the one that we are most familiar with, um, but that's actually only about 33% of the problem. Mm -hmm. There's also a driver's license where somebody can put a face on your license, drive around being <laughs> you get tickets, and you don't know until they didn't show up for court. Uh, Social Security, where they collect wages in your name. Medical, where they can get procedures done and even compromise your medical records. And then character or criminal, where they commit a crime in your name. Wow. I didn't know all those. Wow. Yeah. It's it's way more, I think, that um, as we learn more about this, um, we might be scaring our listeners a little bit. But let's <laughs> maybe just try to educate them a little bit. Um, right. So... 
Kim, why is it such a big business? And who exactly is at risk the most for ID theft? Well, your identity has a retail street value of between 10 and $60 uh, on the street. And when there are breaches that take place, they're taking many, many identities. So there's no physical inventory. There's nothing to purchase or maintain, and they can be used over and over and over again. And unfortunately, the bad people are aware that you know, somebody's probably going to give you a service for a year or two, so they'll use it in five years. So it's not like it expires. Um, and in terms of who's at risk, no one is immune. We're not saying that to scare people, um, but you, you just need to be aware. We need to live our lives. But we have seen where children are 51 more times likely to be a victim because they're not supposed to have credit at all. Uh, seniors, typically one in four of, of people who are over 55 have already been a victim. Um, active military, we see a lot of, of uh, issues there because they're abroad, they're away, right. they're not monitoring. And so, um, you know, and then social media, social media users are 30% higher because they're just putting their information right on out there. Yeah, Kenzie's yep. wrinkling her nose. <laughs> yeah, she's our social media expert. So she's uh, she's out there. So now, Kenzie, you are 30% at, at more at risk than, I know, I than know. others. So <laughs> my goodness. So if we, if we look back at 2020, um, obviously, the pandemic um, had some positive impacts, and that was that everybody, um, you know, had an opportunity to do something a little differently digitally, right? And so moving people online that weren't online before so they could speak to their grandkids or they could visit with their family or visit with their doctor. And there were all sorts of ways that people became more engaged in the digital world. So when you think about that, what are some of the trends that you've seen since the start of COVID um, that, that might have been, you know, that have picked up activity or maybe didn't even exist prior to March of last year? Yeah, the, the e-commerce vendors are really on the rise. And you'll see a lot of those advertising in your Facebook and your game apps where they're advertising for you to purchase some great thing. And then by the time you get it, it's a something that belongs on a key ring or something. I mean, it's nothing like what you paid for. Um, phishing sites are bad right now where you'll get an email. And we caution people, don't open or act on an email where that you don't know the origin of where it's asked to move money around or, or verify your own financial information. Um, taxpayers, unfortunately, have lost about $1.9 billion since March of 2020 to unemployment claims that are mm -hmm. fraudulent. That is on the right. I get calls about that two to three times a day. We've seen wow. so much on that. In fact, there it was uh, when I flipped on the news last night, well, the TV, not the news, but um, <laughs> Channel One, whatever comes up on your cable was on, which repeats on a loop, and it was listing the statistics for the amount of money the state of Ohio has lost in unemployment, fraudulent unemployment claims. It was very timely for what we're talking about today. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. And, and another one, I just want to mention this too, so it doesn't alarm people. Um, there, We're at tax filing time now, or I know it's been extended, but another thing that the ombudsman uh, shared with us just last week is that they're getting a number of people complaining that they've gone to file their taxes and they get a notice back from the IRS that they can't file their taxes because they are deceased. Right. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine getting that notification? Oh, right. my. Well, when you said that, Kim, we have in, in McGowan Braybender, we get a lot of 
phishing scams and fraudulent emails. And we actually added a banner on the top of our emails that says, this message came from outside of McGill and Braybender, which was a huge safety thing that I think helped a lot here. Right. Oh, say? Yes, because yeah. we were getting emails every other day from our from our CEO saying, hey, can you transfer some money or send me, you know, we'll buy these gift cards or all kinds of strange phishing, um, which obviously he, he wasn't sending. So, no. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing is that there is a shift actually from trying to capture as much consumer information to targeting businesses and trying to get that business to conduct some kind of a financial transaction that looks real. Mm-hmm. So it's great that you've put that banner out there. Right. So kind of touching on that too, where are these thieves going to get our information? Do they do they track your mail? Do they know when you file for unemployment? How do they know who to target? You know, one of the things that I try to share with consumers, it is nothing you are doing wrong. You you actually are not a target because of anything that you're doing for the most part. It's just because you're living your life. Um, The fact is we have um, something called personally identifiable information or PII. You'll see that acronym. And it's our name, our social security number, our address. It's things that are unique to us. And it can be captured in these database breaches and things like that. Um, but the, the fact is your information is everywhere. You have two identities, the one that you and your family and friends all know, that's one you, and then the other you is the database you. Your information is already in hundreds of databases because you've worked, you've been educated, you've had medical procedures, and that information is out there for the bad people to take. Anytime they want, really, anytime yep. they want. Um, so continuing that conversation, um, you know, w- where, I mean, you listed a few of the things, like where are the top places that your identity is stolen? And, you know, what's the likelihood in anyone's lifetime that their identity is stolen? Um, maybe maybe if you've got some statistics around that. Well, as, as I mentioned, um, the shift has gone away from the mass attacks because what we were seeing were breaches like the U.S. Postal Service and the Social Security Administration. You know, we're all ladies of of style here so we may have gotten the dsw shoes uh letter a couple of years ago yep (laughs) (laughs) what they're doing now is is looking at those bigger businesses but there's also the individual breaches um there's acquaintances that you might have met along the way who have decided to swipe your mailbox and see what kinds of credit card offers you have out there so it takes many forms i don't have a a specific statistic on your likelihood of getting mm-hmm. uh, breached or attacked, but I do know that 33% of the population has already been a victim. Yeah. One in five people have been a victim more than one time, and there's a new victim every two seconds. Wow. So, you know, um, you know, my prior life was in the, in the financial world and in the banking side of things. I spent 17 years there, and this was, you know, before the internet. Um, so now I'm dating myself and before <laughs> email and all of those things. Um, but we saw fraud um, back then, uh, all, you know, quite frequently in, in the banking world of people's accounts being compromised and credit cards and so forth. And so fast forward, I'm going to say it, 30 years um, into this digital world and the number of breaches continues to rise. And um, I had a situation similar to you in probably 2004 where I had my credit card in my wallet and um, someone had purchased over $6,000 in computer equipment. Um, and I just couldn't, you know, get my head wrapped around that. Um, fast forward a couple of years ago, I had a client call me because someone had filed taxes in his name, right? They didn't, he wasn't deceased, but they had already filed a tax return in his name when he went to file 
and just the frustration for, for him and his wife of trying to prove their own identity. Um, she couldn't pass the state of Ohio's test to prove her identity because she couldn't answer any of the questions correctly, oh you know, based on where she used to live or the car she had or whatever they were asking. And um, they had to actually drive to the state house in Columbus to prove, and they had to get their marriage license and their birth certificates. And these are people in their late 60s. And boy, were they upset. And, um, you know, they, they didn't have anything at that time to protect their identity or help them with that. And um, it was a really, a really big um, problem for them as business owners and as, as people on the earth. So um, I just can't believe how many stories. Um, and and I, I tell my friends and family, um, it's going to happen to you. Um, it's just a matter of when. So look at your statements and, you know, be vigilant. Um, right. Now, when's the man? So. so I think after those few stories we've <laughs> shared, we have everyone's attention. <laughs> so, Kim, can you give some tips or a few a few things on how people can protect themselves. Well, first I want to say you can't live in fear. Identity theft is part of our reality, and we do have to live our lives. It's not going anywhere, but there are three things that you need to have in place to combat it and have a chance to minimize your risk. Um, the first is access to counsel to a professional that you can ask questions and find out what your options are, what you can and can't do, especially since it may or may not happen in the state that you live in. Mm -hmm. um, monitoring is the next thing. Always be looking at your accounts. Always open your mail. These days, our mail doesn't always represent what it looks like from the envelope, so right. it's important to open it, and uh, that's part of your daily monitoring of your accounts. Um, is making sure that you know that someone has transacted, even if it's you. And then the third thing is professional restoration services. I mean, once you have a breach, you know, we chuckle about it a little bit, but if you have a really serious breach, how many of us would really even know what to do, let alone have the ability to travel to multiple places to address it? You want someone that can do that for you. Right, right, for sure. And I think... Um, you know, thinking about what we do here at McGowan Braybender and working with employers and their employees and making sure that they have what they need from a benefit perspective and an overall well-being perspective. I think, you know, while we focus in the employee benefit space, we think this is a benefit at work that people can gain access to, which is, you know, having having this, this type of service available to them. I mean, we offer things like EAP um, that, that sometimes contains things for legal. We offer, offer things like financial wellness along with all of the other standard benefits that you're used to. And so employers are looking for ways to help their employees. And I think this is, um, you know, part of, part of our conversation and, and part of the reason we wanted to, to talk to you today about this. So, you know, what are some of the benefits of an employer-sponsored plan like Legal Shield? I mean, I think we've all been exposed to it. Like you said, if you've shopped at Target or Home Depot or um, DSW or any of the big boxes, you've gotten a letter that said, hey, your ID is compromised and your credit card got canceled and they sent you a new one, um, which I usually find out when I'm trying to get gas. Um, <laughs> but, you know, walk us through the process of how Legal Shield um, helps an employee and how an employer might, um, you know, might make this available for, for their employees and why? Why would they even want to? Well, the nice thing is uh, with an employee-sponsored, an employer-sponsored plan, um, your um, employee benefit uh, management team has already kind of taken some of the evaluation out of the picture for you. There's so many options out there, so you know that this is a quali quality coverage because they've already looked into that for you or they wouldn't be offering it, and it's comprehensive. 
Uh, you are also going to enjoy a reduced group rate, uh, so you're paying for it differently than you would if you were an individual getting that same coverage. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity for payroll deduction. Um, and then it's typically portable as well. So whatever it is you sign up for, you can keep as long as you choose to keep the membership. You know, I, I say, you know, we're not here, again, to say that no one will ever be a victim. Chances are they will be. But what a service like this does is offer you professional advice from experts without worrying about their typical hourly rate. It helps you mitigate damages, minimize the vulnerability and loss, and really just provide peace of mind uh, that you've got professionals that can take care of it, not only for that employee, but also for the employer. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. I mean, we insure our cars, we insure our houses, we insure our health, we insure our life. Like, um, this is just one of those things because it's a risk. And, and we're all at risk for it, like you said, unless we're, we're off the grid. And um, I don't know those people because they're off the grid. So Right, exactly. <laughs> so can you kind of break down a few of the different types of coverages that maybe like Legal Shield offers and what, what's available that employees could choose from? Okay, uh, there's actually two services uh, that Legal Shield offers. Um, from an identity theft standpoint, we have a single bureau through TransUnion and a triple bureau through all three credit bureaus, which basically means that your identity is being monitored on a daily basis by either one bureau or all three. And then we have an individual and an individual plus family option as well. Um, And what that service is doing is basically looking at your high-risk applications and transactions, your social media, uh, looking at credit inquiries. We talked about that PII in case somebody's trying to apply for loans in your name. Um, We also have a reimbursement policy of up to a million dollars. Now, that single bureau is $25,000. The triple bureau is a million. And what that does, we found out in about 2018 that um, much, much more of the um, costs, there were a lot more costs to the consumer that weren't somehow reimbursed by the agency, maybe that refunded their loss. So we have added that. And that's for predictable things like lost wages, uh, lost funds, those kinds of things. You want to make sure our coverage covers those because a lot of times your reimbursement policies are designed in the fine print not to cover those. And then we have licensed private investigators that actually restore your name back to where it was prior to the breach. So it's not just a call center. It's not you going out restoring it yourself. It's professionals that are doing it on your behalf, and they do whatever is required. Now, 70% of identity theft situations actually result in the need to contact an attorney. We have a legal plan. That's our second area of our coverage, and that is access to 6,700 law firms across the country in every area of law to provide personal advice. You can get questions answered. You're eligible for phone calls and letters on your behalf. They'll look at contracts and documents to make sure that they're okay. Now, in an identity theft situation, somebody might have signed a contract for you, and you want to know what it says. Right. They can that. Um, IRS audit assistance is also included in there. That's huge. Those folks are more like four to $600 an hour, and you have 50 hours of their time covered in your plan, as well as we have will preparation. So the legal plan is one that you can use every day. The identity theft coverage, we would use that. You could use it for consultation every day if you wanted to, because it does have unlimited consultation, but you're only going to really use it when you have a, a situation, but you want to have it in place so it isn't pre-existing. So what they need, um, so what our listeners need to know, Kim, is you guys do it all, right? <laughs> Basically, if I've been compromised and I've got a, a program like yours, 
you've got my back and I can take a breath and I don't have to worry that this isn't going to be okay. And I think that's what most people want to know is just how do I, how do I fix this? And if you've ever even lost your credit card or your driver's license, it's like your life has come to a screeching halt and that's just you misplacing it. So I can't even imagine if suddenly someone has hijacked your identity and they're out there pretending like they're you and it, it really, it really messes up everything about, you know, daily life today. Um, so talk to me for a minute about, you know, how long does the process normally take? And I know that's probably a loaded question, but from start to finish, but we'll say the average run of the mill identity theft, not something too complicated. Um, you know, what could someone expect in terms of start and end for this frantic part of their life? You know, I wish I could put that in a, a bow for you. I'd probably be rich, but <laughs> it just depends on the person's situation. The thing that you always want to do is contact your attorney first. You want to contact the police, depending on your situation. And then you always want to contact the uh, counsel on the ID shield so that you can get the expert advice based on whatever your situation is. And let me use an example. Uh, we were talking earlier about unemployment fraud. Well, unemployment claims are fraudulent ones are not all equal. I have spoken with people who they got a notice from Job and Family Services that someone applied mm -hmm. for employment. I got a note, somebody got a notice from the IRS that they paid unemployment and now that person is responsible for the taxes right. someone else got a notice that they were the employer and they don't have any employees <laughs> so everybody's situation is not the same and so that's why you want to contact the experts to find out what you can do in your situation yeah. i think the summary on that is don't expect it to be taken care of with a, you know an in, hour in a, in a week <laughs> or a month and just let the experts do their thing and you know do what you need to do um that absolutely yeah so well, can, go ahead. Find a serious situation can take up to 600 hours or roughly 15 weeks um, because the people that you're communicating with are at work the same time you are and you're trying to send them faxes and verify information and do all these things. And from an employer standpoint, your employee is worried, they're anxious, they're mm -hmm. feeling violated, and they're not focused on the job. And so that's a big deal for the, uh, the reason that a lot of employers choose to make this available. So that kind of leads me into my, my next question I was going to ask you. At a global perspective, so these HR problems that are being solved from this benefit, you're saying are, you know, people going to be more focused at work. They're not on the phone freaking out, calling people. Is that, is that the major benefit to HR teams? There's actually two. That's one of them, the, the employee being present, being focused on their job. You don't want to run into operator issues or, or anything like that, especially if they're working with any kind of equipment. Um, but there's absenteeism. The fact is mm -hmm. a lot of times when people are trying to handle this themselves, they're not at work physically. They're right. in court. They're mm -hmm. traveling. Um, they're, you know, trying to deal with traffic tickets and so forth. The reality of identity theft is we're here in Ohio. So say, for example, your information is used this morning in California, Texas, right. Kansas, and maybe New York. How are you going to get to all those places to prove it wasn't you? Right. So if you expert assistance, they can do all of that legwork for you, and that employee can stay at home or at work and stay focused on their life. That's the, that's the point. Right. That's what we want them to do. So when I think about trying to avoid this from happening, 
I think about being the social media coordinator here at work, um, deleting things off social media, maybe not auto-saving your password on your computer. Mm -hmm. Are there any small steps that people could try to avoid doing to, so they don't get their identity stolen? Well, and as a social media person, you know it's never really gone. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so, you know, criminals, unfortunately, are at work the same time we are, uh, inventing new ways to make problems for us. And so regular monitoring of accounts is key so that, you know, if something happened, even if it's you, I'm sure we'd all rather lose $10 versus 10000 and that has to do with catching it early. Right. Um, and then don't share that PII, that personally identifiable information, unnecessarily, uh, unnecessarily or carelessly. I think those are the two big ones. I actually had a, a quick sidebar story. You know, nowadays on Instagram, so many people are blogging and working through their social media. And I had a friend from college just recently post that someone had been emailing with her about like a brand deal that she was working on and it ended up being, it was like a hacker oh from gosh. Russia and they took control of her account, yeah. her Instagram account. And then they were able to take control of all of her other banking, financial credit card, every piece of information she had online, they had a hold of. And she ended up having to like with Bitcoin and try to get her account back, what she did, but if she would have had a benefit like Legal Shield, probably would have a little easier for her. Wow. Right. That it is, had done a lot of bad work for her. It's so it was terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. Oh, same word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, terrifying. that is terrifying. It gave me goosebumps. So, um, you know, thinking about this, aside from Legal Shield, you know, you're a certified risk expert. Um, that's very cool. I want that title and mm -hmm. how you get that, but it sounds awesome. Um, you know, what, what, you know, Kenzie asked, but what should pe pe people be doing with their data? I mean, advice for the general public, what should send up red flags? I mean, you mentioned things like, hey, daily checking, um, look at your statements. Um, what other things can you think of that we should be considering? Well, one thing, and you guys mentioned it earlier, do not open emails or respond to requests for information from unknown sources. Um, that is a huge way of being compromised and legitimate business inquiries do not work that way. They already have your information and they're typically going to communicate with you in the mail. Um, the second thing is to monitor those accounts daily. you got to keep your eye on the prize and, and the prize is you. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's important to understand what kind of dynamics are going on in your own business affairs so that you can respond quickly. And then the third thing I would say is changing passwords regularly. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of us not only don't do that, but we will use common passwords like a pet's name or something for everything. Right. And and we don't change it ever. Um, another thing to do is, is using past phrases, if you've ever heard of that, where it could be just some kind of a phrase that's unique to you only you know really what it means, but it's several words as opposed to one. Yeah. And then integrating um, symbols or numbers for the letters so it makes it a lot harder to guess. And I'm and so I'm I'm gonna show my age here. <laughs> I like things I can remember because I'm getting older and I have more data in my mind. And so I'm guilty of that. And I actually, the longer we talk, the more things I think of that were ID Ditto. theft. So I had an email that came to me two years ago. Um, from the Russians, and they said, um, hey, we have your passwords, um, and we, and here they are, and they listed them, and they were correct, 
And uh, we're going to mess with all your stuff if you don't send us some money. So I went to see our IT folks here at McGowan Brightbender, and I said, hey, is this, like, legit? And he was like, yeah, you need to change all your passwords. So I had 78 passwords saved in my phone. 38 of them were the same. And I had it randomly generate new passwords for me, and I don't know what any of them are. My children immediately freaked out because they could not order anything on Netflix, um, movie-wise, and they couldn't order anything on Amazon. I have teenagers, and they were like, Mom. And, of course, (laughs) I couldn't tell them the passwords either because I didn't know them. (laughs) So um, I didn't like that at all, um, either side of it. But I think, you know, choosing what you just said, which is to to, to change your passwords and to, to do that regularly. And my phone prompts me like, hey, your password's stale and it wants me to change it. I have them all, you know, saved in there. I probably shouldn't be telling anyone this, but, um, <laughs> you know, the other thing too, to think about is we all love social media, Kenzie. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you know, people are always posting things out there like, um, Hey, what's your first pet's name? Or where'd you grow up? Or answer these five questions. Or I bet you can't answer these questions about me. And, um, what's your, which are fun to read. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Right. But it's out there. Right. And so, you know, maybe not participating in some of those things where you're giving away your personal information, like you're talking about Kim. Right, exactly. Yeah, you were a victim of ransomware um, where they ask you for money back or they kind of threaten you like that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it really is, um, you know, and you can also use a password manager. I know there are software programs out there that will help keep track of that as well because we do. We have a Mm -hmm. lot of passwords. We have a lot of things. And not everything is something that we access all the time, which is part of the reason why people tend to use the same one over and over again. So they won't forget how to get into their own system. So one kind of question to tie a bow on that whole what people are doing that they shouldn't be doing, is there anything else that you know of besides seemingly harmless, you're harmlessly answering these questions and then you're posting them on Facebook, but what else might people be doing that they don't know is affecting them or could putting putting them in danger? Mm-hmm. Well, as using those predictable and repetitive passwords, that's a big one. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, disposing of documents in their original form is oh. one that I'm finding that is on the increase, where people just think it's junk mail and don't bother to shred it or look mm. at it at all, and it goes right into the into the dumpster. So a dumpster diver is what mm-hmm. they're called. Go in there and just pull it out and act on that credit card offer or whatever it is. You don't want to just get rid of it. You want to actually use a cross-cut shredder for sensitive right. documents that it can't be I back together. I didn't know dumpster divers were still a real thing. That feels like a lot of effort. <laughs> right. It seems so last decade. Yeah, they, didn't know, they didn't know their job was over, so no, they're still out there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, we're talking about something very low-tech, but if you think about um, you know, the digital age and where we are, what we, any final thoughts about the future of technology and ID theft? Um, anything well, you can leave us with? would sure say um, people should not live in fear. We cannot ignore this. It's not going away. But we do need to be armed with the right defenses to protect yourself. And that's your good name. Your most important asset is your good name. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Kim, thank you so much. You are truly the expert for identity theft and how to protect yourself. So well, for having me today. It's been great talking with you. Yes, we appreciate you so much. And if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you or contact you or Legal Shield, Legal Shield, how would they do that? The best way to reach me is through your McGowan Brightbender account rep. Uh, they can certainly get a hold of me, and that way if there's any account specifics that we need to know about, that employer is not reinventing the wheel, we'll already be ready to talk. Wonderful. So thank you, Kim, so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. You have Thanks, a wonderful Kim. day. 
And if you have any questions or comments or you want to reach us about side effects, you can email me at Kenzie at HealthierBirthdays.com. Or you can email me at Ann at HealthierBirthdays.com. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Side Effects.